Girlfriends, episode number 278, How Mary Found God in the Everyday. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. Today, we're talking about how Mary found God in the everyday and how we can too. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriend. Thanks for being here. I love being able to connect with you here on the podcast. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for giving girlfriends a try. If you're a first time listener, welcome. I'm thrilled you are joining us here today. So this week we are diving into how Mary found God in the everyday. And this is related to themes in my newest book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, which is newly available from Ascension Press. You can go to ascensionpress.com. You can also get it on Amazon. It's everywhere now. I'm thrilled that people have copies of this book in their hands. If that's you, let me know what you're reading, what you're thinking, share your thoughts and your feedback with me. I would love to have a conversation with you about Whisper. But this week, we're looking at how Mary found God in the everyday, because Mary, of course, is meant to be a model for us. And her relationship with God was perfect. She loved God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit with perfection. And that's the goal every one of us has, right? So looking at how Mary found God in the everyday, I find is a really inspiring way that encourages me to follow her example of the ways that she found God in everyday life, in ordinary life. And um, to do this, I'm just looking at a few different passages from Scripture, and we're going to um, dive into this in just a moment here. But before we get into some of the specifics, let's start with the idea of why we would want to do this, why we would want to find God in the everyday. And, you know, this really gets to the heart of why I wrote Whisper in the first place, because we all have times in our lives, and maybe this is you right now, where God feels far away, when we don't feel a close personal connection with God, when we don't feel like He's present in our lives, when we don't feel like we can hear His voice or feel His presence. And it's in moments like those that it can be very discouraging. You can even have great faith and you can have times when it feels like God isn't truly present and you don't feel His presence in a way that's consoling to you in a spiritual way. And, you know, first of all, I'm going to just affirm that that is very normal. <laughs> that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. You know, sometimes people will go through a, a conversion or a reversion and they have these dramatic moments in their lives. And then, you know, after all the drama and the passion and the excitement of when you're turning your heart toward God for the first time or back again after some time, when the that kind of settles down a bit and you get more into like, okay, now I'm just living my life. I'm, I'm married. I have kids or I'm working or you know, I'm going to school or, you know, just getting back to your everyday routine. Sometimes when that kind of romance fades, it can be a little disillusioning. Like, wait, I thought this was going to be like, you know, we're going to be on fire every day for God. And yes, of course, that should be our goal, that we ourselves are on fire every day for God. And yet it's very natural to kind of fall into that different kind of, you know, taking God for granted, perhaps you might look at it as, or where it feels like God kind of recedes into the corners of our lives and isn't fully active and present and we don't feel his presence. We don't have that consolation all the time. So that's a very normal thing. And yet I wrote Whisper because 
God is truly present. And I wanted to communicate this to people in a way that would be accessible, a way that they could understand and begin to apply to their own lives. The fact that, yes, we can know like blah, 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 God is present, God is everywhere. You know, God loves me, I know, right? We know all of these things intellectually. But do we know it like in our hearts? Do we believe it? Do we embrace that truth? Do we experience that? And the more I've prayed over that, and the more I've struggled to do that myself, and um, I had different kinds of experiences of prayer and connection with God, the good, the bad, and the ugly through the years, um, I've come to realize just how present God is, just how faithful God is, just how much He loves each and every one of us. And those times when He feels far away, He's actually very close, and He's loving us so deeply, personally, intimately. So if that's you right now, I just want to speak some words of encouragement to you that that God is indeed present and working in your life, whether you're actively feeling consoled by that or feeling his presence and feeling like every every moment is a tiny miracle or not, that God is indeed present. And so what I've shared in the book are some ways that I have experienced God in the everyday, sharing my stories in the hopes that that will encourage you to begin to look at your own stories. Because your details are going to be different from mine. Your experiences are going to be different from mine. Everybody's connection and relationship with God is unique. What a great gift that is. We can't read someone else's story and expect to experience God in exactly that same way. And sometimes that's discouraging, right? Because we can read about how Mary experienced God, and that's not going to be our experience. We're not the Blessed Mother. Or we can read about how some great saint had had Jesus appear at her bedside. St. Faustina, for example, had these visions of Jesus speaking to her personally all the time. Like, that would be great. Like, <laughs> Please, God, show up. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. That would really simplify things for me. I wouldn't be here struggling and striving to know you and see you and feel you and know what your will is for my life. I would know it because you'd be talking to me like another person. And yet that's not most people's experience of God. And so, you know, that's why when I wrote the book, the working title I had for it at the time was Everyday Mystic. And that truly captures what I'm trying to talk about here. This and every being an everyday mystic means not being the kind of mystic that hears God's voice booming from a cloud in the sky. It's the kind of person that can hear God's voice in smaller everyday ways, subtle ways, not so extraordinary ways, but can learn to cultivate the habit of being aware of God's presence in all of these little ways every day. And Mary, of course, was the master at that. Yes, she had an angel appear to her, and we don't know what other kinds of visions she might have had. And yes, she was raising in her own home the the flesh and blood of God himself in the, the person of Jesus. And yet she models for us the perfection of finding God in the everyday. And I'm just, I just want us to look at some of these examples here today in the hopes that they can encourage us to open our hearts and our minds to some of the similar ways God might be speaking to us today. So what are these four ways that Mary found God in the everyday? The first I want to talk about is in moments of beauty and joy. Mary found God in moments of beauty and joy. We read in Luke chapter 2, So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. That's from Luke chapter 2. So here is this 
amazing story where angels are appearing in the sky, the heavens are opening up, you know, that you've got celestial songs filling the air on this magical night all that time ago in Bethlehem. And in this moment, Mary models for us something that is so striking because she doesn't do anything. This is such a huge moment in the history of mankind where God becomes man, God takes on flesh, Jesus is born. This gift, this Savior has been born to the human race. And yet in this dramatic, beautiful moment that is dramatized in many ways, you know, the shepherds are coming to to see him and the angels are singing. Mary doesn't do or say anything. She isn't organizing a press conference. She isn't even, you know, telling Joseph what to do. She isn't fretting about, you know, how to how to welcome these guests who are coming to their their little cave there in Bethlehem where she had baby Jesus wrapped in rags, swaddling clothes and had nothing but a manger that was meant for animals to feed from in which to put her divine son. How many of us would be fretting and sweating and anxious in that moment. Like, God, where are you? Why did you call me to this great thing and then leave me here in poverty when it happened? Why why aren't you providing better for this moment? How many of us would find ourselves thinking and feeling that way? And yet Mary is not fretting. She's not anxious. You hear such peace in what we read about Mary, right? And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart, because this is a beautiful moment. And she is connected to that infant in her arms, her newborn son, Jesus. She is connected to him and she sees the beauty in that. She finds joy in that. And then she models for us, keeping that and reflecting on it in her heart. Now, most of us are not going to give birth to Jesus. So where are we going to find God in moments of beauty and joy? Well, what are your moments of beauty and joy? I want to encourage you to think about that. Where in your life do you experience small moments or big moments of beauty and joy? When you walk out the door in the morning, what do you see? Are you greeted by a beautiful natural scene in your yard or in the woods? Or are you greeted by neighbors? Are you greeted by your kids first thing in the morning, jumping on your bed and waking you up before you'd rather be awake? Do you see them for the miracles that they are? Do you meet other people and see them for the miracles they are? Do you enjoy something as simple as a hot cup of coffee or a glass of wine with a friend or a meal shared with your family or the beauty of a sunset or just a quiet moment of peace when you have time for daily prayer or a moment of joy when you receive unexpected good news? or relief when you hear good news, when you've been worried about something. All of these little ways that we experience joy, that we experience beauty, that we might experience pleasure in our lives, are ways that God is seeking to connect with us. God is present in those moments. And Mary here models for us how we should respond to those. Yes, those little moments throughout our day, in the ins and outs of the busyness of our day, 
How many times do we like not even see the beauty of the outdoor world as we're rushing out the door to our car, perhaps because our our eyes are on the screens of our phones? Or how many times do we miss the beauty of a moment that could be shared with our families over a meal because we're just rushing through it to get to the next thing? How many times are we so busy that we don't notice these small ways that God is looking to connect with us? The beauty of your child or your husband when they look you in the eyes, when you have a conversation with them, those tiny moments of exchange between perhaps you and a friend or a coworker, when someone does something thoughtful for you, or you have a moment of exchange where you tell someone how you feel about them and it's reciprocated. That's a beautiful moment. And yet how many times do we take these things for granted and don't even pause enough to notice them? We don't follow Mary's example of keeping all of these things, and reflecting on them in our hearts. And yet that's exactly where God lies waiting for you, in those small moments of beauty and joy that he spreads out before you, even in the worst of times, even if you're going through something very difficult right now, you have those small moments of beauty and joy. You need to practice looking for them. We all do. We all need to cultivate that habit of reflecting on our lives, of noticing our lives, of noticing those small details, something beautiful, maybe a, a tree that's in, in bloom or the, the fragrance of what you, you smell when you take a walk in the woods or um, you know any natural beauty around you. But then just the human beings, maybe you live in the middle of a city and you don't feel like there's any natural area that's beautiful to you when you walk out the door. There is beauty in the human beings that fill that space around you. There's beauty in your connection with others. Think of Mary's bond with the infant Jesus. What a beautiful example that is to us of self-giving love on both their parts. Jesus fully trusting and being born to Mary and Mary holding him in her arms and just focused on him, reflecting on the beauty and joy of that moment. She kept all these things reflecting on them in her heart. And we can do that too. That's how we can copy Mary in those kinds of moments. So that's the first way. In moments of beauty and joy, Mary found God in the everyday. And then the opposite is also true. Mary found God in the everyday in moments of pain and confusion. Okay, this is also from the same chapter, chapter two of Luke. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. This is when he was lost in the temple, right? And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. There's that phrase again. But this time, it's not in a moment of great beauty and joy. It's in a moment of pain, of anxiety, of confusion. They did not understand what he said to them. And who could? They just spent three days looking for him. What mother wouldn't be beyond anxious at this, this circumstance? You've lost your child. Imagine that. Have you ever experienced that, even in a small way, like lost your child for a moment at a park or in a, a, a store? It's terrifying. And here Mary searched for him for three days. And then when they find him, I, I love that she just you know says to him, we've been looking for you with great anxiety. And so we can know. She tells us right there, she experienced great 
anxiety. And you know what? I find a lot of consolation in that because Mary, who had perfect love and perfect faith, still had moments of great anxiety. She still worried. She still wondered. She still didn't have it all figured out. And of course, we find ourselves there too in moments of great pain and anxiety. Here's what Mary's response is. She kept all these things in her heart. She didn't understand it. She kept it in her heart. She's doing that same thing, reflecting on it, connecting with God there, holding on to it. And we're called to do the same thing. And I know it It must have been very hard for Mary to hear this response from Jesus, who she says, we're looking, we've been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said, why were you looking for me? Can you imagine losing your child? And he finally shows up. You finally find him after seeking him for days. And you tell him, why have you done this to us? Because you're so hurt and so confused. And his response is, why were you looking for me? How confusing. I don't understand. And here's Mary, who has perfect love and perfect faith, and she doesn't understand. So that was a painful moment. That was a confusing moment for her. And she kept all of these things in her heart. Here she is again, showing us how to find God in the everyday. How do we find God? Even inside of those moments of pain, anxiety, confusion, keep those moments. As much as we want to push them away, and yes, it's very human to want to reject pain, suffering of any kind, grief, loss, suffering is not something we want to seek out. And yet it happens to every one of us. It is 100% part of the human experience. It is mandatory. You're going to experience pain and suffering in your life. And that might be you right now. You might be going through something very hard. You might be very anxious as Mary was. You might be worried as Mary was. You might be confused. Don't understand why God is allowing this to happen. The same way Mary was confused. Why did Jesus stay in the temple? And why on earth when they finally find him? And she asks, why did you do this? Why would he say to her, why were you looking for me? How could he not know? Maybe you find yourself in that way right now with God saying, why? I don't understand. Why am I going through this great anxiety and not feeling satisfied with God's answer, which might be, why were you looking for me? Why, why are you doing that? Or God sometimes feels silent when we're suffering. It can be very hard to find God in moments of suffering. Sometimes it's very simple. It can be very easy. Maybe you suffer a tragic accident or get a, a scary medical diagnosis or suffer the loss of a loved one. And sometimes immediately we can feel God is present there. We realize we're completely dependent upon God in some of those crisis moments and some of those dramatic situations. And yet it can be very hard to find God in moments of pain and suffering because we wonder, as Mary did, why are you allowing this? Why is this happening? We don't understand. We want to understand. Sometimes when I go through something hard, I think to myself, well, if, if God would just explain to me how this is all for good, how he's going to work this all together for my good, I could accept it. I want to know. I want to see how God is working this together for my good. As I'm trying and struggling to believe, I could do it if only he would show me exactly how. So it's sometimes hard when we don't see the whole thing like that. And yet it's inside of that suffering that God is longing to connect with us. If we will just step out in trust as Mary did, keeping those things and reflecting on them in our hearts, whatever it is you might be suffering, even small things, even, you know, everyday annoyances, little struggles, keep them. Reflect on them in your heart, not in a way like you're going over it and bearing a grudge or building resentment about something or holding on to bitterness, but in a way holding on to them 
reflecting on them in your heart as a way of connecting to God, looking to connect with God there, asking God, what would you have me learn here? What are you calling me to here? Connecting with God in that way. Mary sets that beautiful example of connecting with God in moments of pain and confusion. All right, the third way that Mary connected with God was in the people that she served in meeting the needs of others. So here we have the beautiful example of the wedding at Cana, which we read about in John chapter two. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, do whatever he tells you. Now, here is such a beautiful example. I love, this is probably my favorite of the gospel stories that involves, you know, Jesus and Mary and this very first miracle that Jesus performs of turning water into wine in the wedding at Cana. But it was at his mother's request. She sets this beautiful example here of connecting with God through meeting the needs of others, being connected to the needs of others in wanting to serve the people that God placed in her life. And at this moment, in this, in this, you know, in this space, in this time, Mary is connected with this young couple who's just gotten married. Mary was invited to their wedding. Can you even imagine? I, I sometimes like to think about that. Like, wow, Jesus and Mary were guests at their wedding. That's a beautiful gift. And so here are these people that God has placed in her life. And it might have just, you know, been circumstance that they were invited. Maybe they were related in some way. Maybe they lived in the same community, whatever it was. These are the people that God placed in Mary's life, and she wanted to meet their needs. She saw their needs and wanted to meet them. And it was through that that she connected them and herself to her son, Jesus, who performs this first miracle. He shows this reluctance to do it. He says, my hour has not yet come. And yet he does it out of love for Mary. I love to reflect on that connection with Jesus, the son, but also Mary's faith in God, the father that you gave me this son, you gave me these circumstances where now here I am and I see the need that this couple has. And yeah, it's not a big deal, the need that they have. Sure, it's a little embarrassing to run out of wine for your guests at your wedding, but in the end, you know, it all would have come out in the wash. They would have figured it out. You know, in a couple of years' time, it would just be like a story they would laugh about. It didn't matter, quote-unquote, so much. And yet, it's a small need and Mary saw it. And God seeks to meet us too in the ways that he calls us to meet the needs of the people he places around us. That might mean the people that you share office space with, you people, your coworkers. It might mean people you share your home space with, your husband, your kids, that three-year-old who's driving you insane. These are the people that God has placed in your life. It might mean a random person that you're distantly connected to, that you happen to bump into somewhere or have a random connection with uh, through social media or meet through a mutual friend or a stranger you run into at a store or in another public place that you might never meet again. God is speaking to you through these people that he's placed in your life and their needs. And it's on us to respond. We get to choose. Will I respond to that as Mary did with faith? Step out in faith that God will provide what is needed here. I want to meet the needs of these people. And we can pray that very simple prayer. You know, Lord, help me to see the needs of your people today and give me grace to do what needs to be done. Mary had grace to see their need and to nudge Jesus to meet that need, but she didn't fix the problem herself. 
I like to reflect on that because sometimes we think, well, I can't do anything about that. Like, I don't have the money to help these people that need this kind of financial support. I don't have the time to volunteer at this organization, even though I really believe in the things they're doing. I don't, you know, whatever it is, we have limited time and resources and abilities and skills and all of that. God knows all about that. But we can do the same thing that Mary does here in, first of all, recognizing the need and bringing it to God. Perhaps God is only calling you to pray for people that you see the need of. But maybe God is looking for you to make a connection with people. How many times do you see a need and you think, oh, I don't have, you know, I don't have the means to take care of that need, whatever it is. I don't have the skills to do it. I don't have the money to do it. I don't have the opportunity to do it. But then do you know somebody who does? Can you make that connection for people? Can you follow Mary's example of working behind the scenes in the way that she does beautifully in the wedding at Cana? So that's the third way that Mary found God in the everyday, which is in the people she served in meeting the needs of others, the beautiful example of the wedding at Cana. All right. And finally, listening for the voice of God in prayer. Now, we know that Mary found God in prayer, in listening to the voice of God. We don't read, I don't have a gospel passage to read for you about where Mary talks about her prayer life. We don't have that. We don't have a description of Mary retreating to quiet prayer. We don't hear about that. And yet we read in Matthew chapter six, Jesus says, and whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who is in secret will reward you. Matthew chapter six, verses five through six. Okay, so Jesus tells us this. So how can we know from this that Mary would have retreated to quiet corners to pray? Because this is a fundamental teaching of Jesus. And Mary, without sin, was the perfect follower of Jesus. So we know she did this, that she found God in moments of quiet prayer. She found God in listening for his voice. And, you know, think about this. Do you make time every day for quiet prayer in your life? I don't care if it's five minutes or an hour and a half. Do you have time set aside that you do that on a regular basis? And by a regular basis, I mean every day. Do you do that? Do you make the time for that? Because how many of us are going around saying, oh, God feels so far away. Oh, woe is me. I'm not hearing God's voice in my life. And yet we don't do that thing, number one, making room and space for quiet and prayer in our lives. And I totally get that you're busy. I know you have many demands on your time and your attention. I know that you have work projects and an 18-month-old who is in your face screaming first thing in the morning. I know you have friends who need your time and attention and um, work hours and a spouse who needs your time and attention and you're just trying to get caught up on the laundry and the kids need rides to play practice. I know all of these things are going on in your life and God knows it too. And yet I'm here to tell you that is not an excuse for not having a little bit of time set aside for quiet prayer each day. Maybe it's going to be first thing in the morning. Maybe you will get a minute and a half in the morning when you're brushing your teeth to say your morning offering. If that is all you have, start there. Do it. Make that time for quiet and prayer in your life. 
And maybe you do have a regular time for prayer, or maybe it's in the evening before you go to sleep, you know, or maybe it's on your lunch break. Um, If you do have time for quiet and prayer in your life, I'm going to challenge you that during those moments when you feel like God is far away, when you're not feeling connected to God, see if you can't do a little more than you're doing. More quiet, more prayer. See if you can't do a little bit of a better job of following Mary's example of making space for Jesus in your life, making space. And that that might mean something as simple as spending five minutes in quiet before you go to bed at night, just reflecting on the day, maybe praying in exam and prayer, or, you know, just going through the moments of your day and giving it all to God before it even happens, maybe first thing in the morning, making all of your, your daily plans, looking at your to-do list and making that a moment of prayer, asking God to come into every moment of your day. Just make some more time, some more room for prayer, more room to be able to see God and experience God in your everyday life because he lies right there on the pages of your calendar, on your to-do list. He's right there in all of the things. He knows all about them. He's there present with you and he wants you to be more aware of his presence there. He wants you to connect with him there just as Mary gives us that example. So those are the four ways that Mary found God in the everyday, in moments of beauty and joy, moments of pain and confusion, in the people that she served in meeting the needs of others, and in quiet prayer. But how about you? How do you find God in the everyday? I would love to hear from you. This is one of the joys of my sharing my book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, is people are telling me their stories. In the book, I share my stories in the hopes of inspiring you to look for where God is speaking to you in your life. And it is such a joy to me when I can hear from you about the ways that God is speaking to you inside of your ordinary life in ordinary moments of your ordinary days. So if you'd like to share a story with me or give me any feedback on this episode or other episodes of the Girlfriends Podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm Danielle Bean. Would love to connect with you there as well. All right, we've got more of the show coming up, but first a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Hi, I'm Sonia Corbett, the Bible study evangelista. When I became Catholic, I had a really hard time understanding the role Mary was supposed to play in my life. So I went to her and I told her, I just don't get it. I need your help. And guess what? Mary did just that. She showed me a way to pray that has revolutionized my entire life. Mary has been called the mother of listening. She didn't just hear the word. She knew how to hear it in light of her own relationships, circumstances, and habits. And then she let the word transform her. I realized that I had to share what I was learning about Mary's way of praying with others. So I wrote How to Pray Like Mary, a step-by-step guide to discovering God's voice in the scriptures and letting him transform your heart. I invite you to learn more about how to pray like Mary at ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where sometimes I share listener feedback or listener questions. But during these weeks here, I am taking a moment here in this segment of the podcast to run a mini book club for my book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, newly available from Ascension. You can go to ascensionpress.com to get your copy of the book. I'd love for you to be following along as we share chapter by chapter right here in this segment of the podcast. So this week, we're up to chapter three, which is leaning in, seeing God in pain. 
Now, we talked a little bit about this in the first part of today's episode where I talked about Mary meeting God in a moment of pain and confusion when Jesus was lost and they found him in the temple. She didn't understand what God was doing. So we can take great consolation in knowing just how much Jesus loved Mary, and yet he allowed for her to experience that moment of pain and confusion He allowed for that to happen, and she didn't understand it, and yet she was faithful in that. She was faithful in connecting with God, even in a moment where she was confused and where she was in great anxiety. She kept these things, reflecting on them in her heart. And so we can follow that same example. Whatever it is that we suffer, we can see it as an invitation from God to grow closer to Him. And you know what? I completely understand if my saying that right now, if you're suffering through something difficult, makes you angry. If you don't want to hear that, when we are suffering through something very difficult, having someone tell us it's an invitation from God can be frustrating and discouraging and confusing. Like, no, thank you. I don't want this thing. This is causing me a lot of pain. I'm really anxious and I'm in grief. I'm in sorrow. I'm hurting every day. Do not tell me that this is an invitation from God. I don't want it. And so that's a very human way to respond. And God understands it. But the more we can work on opening our hearts, the more we can work on having our response move from that no thank you or an angry rejection of pain, suffering, or loss of any kind to at least asking the question, how are you connecting with me here, Lord? What would you have me learn here? How would you have me grow closer to you through this? Or just the, the sometimes in times of great sorrow or great pain, when we're suffering a great deal, we don't even have the words of a prayer, but being faithful and showing up in prayer during those times when maybe God feels far away because you're suffering so much and you think God can't possibly be here, turning to him in faith, saying, Lord, I don't feel you here, but I know you're here. And making that your prayer making it your prayer, just showing up, just being present. During some of the most painful and difficult times in my own life, I haven't had words to say. Sometimes I'm so angry at what God has allowed that I don't feel like I have anything I can say to that guy because he's allowed this thing to happen. And in some ways I feel betrayed by him, rejected by him, abandoned by him. All of those feelings are very human and normal. And, you know, I like to reflect sometimes on the fact that when Jesus prayed in the garden, when he was suffering so immensely, he prayed those words, take this cup from me. And so many of us, that's our prayer. Take this from me. I don't want it. I'm suffering. And Jesus shows us that it's okay. It is 100% okay to pray that way, to not want it. It's human. He knows all about it. So Jesus gives us that example of take this cup from me. And if that's where you are, if you're suffering right there, right now, bring that prayer to God, take this from me. But then let's not forget to reflect on what Jesus said next and aim at least, if we can't say it yet, if we can't mean it yet, make it your goal to pray the second part of that prayer that Jesus gives us as an example, which is, but not my will, but your will be done. Submitting himself perfectly to the will of the Father, saying, Lord, I don't want it. No, thank you. I want to reject it. Please take this from me. And yet following up with, but not my will, your will be done. And sometimes we have the hardest time saying that. I know I'm right there with you struggling to pray those words and mean them. 
And yet that's where God is looking to meet us. That's where he's looking to help us grow in faith. He's looking to pour his mercy out upon us, give us grace. He's looking to give us so much to help us to grow closer to him. The Father's will is always the perfect thing for us. So whatever it is you're struggling with and wanting to reject and know that it is normal and it's human to want to reject pain and suffering of any kind, and yet also know that God is calling you to something in it. He's calling you to meet him in it. He's calling you to grow inside of that even when it's very hard. So that's a little bit of what I look at in chapter three of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. I would love to be able to connect more with you about Whisper. If you are reading the book and you want the playlist that I put together on Spotify, this is a collection of songs that I feel are reflective of many of the themes that we look at in Whisper. And it's just a a fun way to share about the book's content and have us be listening and praying together as we listen to the songs on this playlist. If you'd like a copy of the playlist, it's free. It's available on Spotify. You can text the word whisper to 33777 and you can get a link to automatically get over to that Spotify playlist. I would love to be able to listen and pray through this book along with you. And after you get the playlist and after you read the book, If you have suggestions for other songs that you might like to add to a separate playlist, I'd like to make up another one of people's suggestions. I'd love to know how you are inspired by the stories that I share in the book and what kinds of music help you to reflect and pray on the everyday presence of God in our ordinary lives. All right, that's all the time we have for today, but I want to thank you for being part of this episode of Girlfriends. It means the world to me that you show up here, that you share a bit of your time with me every week. It is a privilege, and I am so grateful that you honor me with your time and your presence here in the Girlfriends Podcast. Thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day, and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 